0: Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that will help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. This is Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders, financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation, serving us here in the Carolina area. And we've got a good podcast coming up. We're going to talk about overconfidence and how it can maybe lead us down the path towards financial ruin. If we're not careful, as Mm -hmm. the saying goes, Mike pride goes before the fall. It's actually a lot longer than that, but I think everybody, you know, shortens it down to pride goes before the fall. How you doing, buddy?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, We were just talking a little bit about uh, Wyoming. Your mom lives out there and uh, mother-in-law Yeah, sharing about a trip that I, did with uh my family when we were the kids were young out there we just had a great time so it's it nice talking with you about that a little bit before we uh went live here with this podcast. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful country out there. It is. Uh, windy. If you've been any place in this country and you think it's windy, forget what you know if you have not been to Wyoming. I've lived in Chicago, I've lived in the Windy uh-huh. City. I've lived in number number of places, lived in the Detroit metro area where it gets windy and cold and you know, lots of places where it gets cold and windy and it's got nothing on Wyoming. (laughs) On
0: Wyoming. Well, you know, it's interesting because our um, house where we live, we, the wind blows here constantly, sometimes more than other times, Uh you know, we've called our property, a windy lot, but uh, going to your comment about Chicago, and Mm -hmm. we'll jump into this in a minute, but this, uh, I was in O'Hare one time, got off the plane and it was just blowing wind. And as we were going out to the cars, um, and um, I, I said to somebody, well, that's why they call it the Windy City. And actually, in the guy that was a, a native Chicagoan, I said, nope, that's not why they call it the Windy City. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, it ha- doesn't have anything to do with the weather. You know what it has to do with? A political machine, and the, there was a mayor one time, his last name was Wendy, and they oh. called it the Windy City because he controlled everything there. Huh. Isn't that something? That's pretty neat
1: how things kind <laughs> but of work. it is windy into. also. It is windy, yeah, especially down the corridors through the buildings and stuff.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and I tell you what, though, Wyoming is just amazingly windy. Like, And they're so uh-huh. neat, especially on the Casper side, which is where yeah. my, my in-laws are from. And it's forty miles an hour on the regular, and they don't. Oh wow! They're like it's. Oh, the wind's hardly blowing today. You know, yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> it's, it's a har- calm day. It's, it's calm day. Yeah. A friend, yeah. Uh, another advisor friend of mine was out there fishing uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was like, "I have never been so." He's like, "You weren't kidding. This place is crazy windy." So yeah, yeah. if you haven't been to Wyoming, <laughs> check it out. Yeah. Beautiful country, absolutely beautiful part oh, of the country, is. especially if you like. Uh, you know, the, there's the cowboy side, if you will, then there's the really lush side, like uh, Wy- uh, Yellowstone. Jackson Hole, all that kind of stuff. Uh, right. Although they, we were at Jackson Hole and we said, uh, everything. all the signs say Jackson. And she's like, yeah, we don't really like Jackson Hole. We call it Jackson <laughs>
0: like, Yeah, right. It is Jackson. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh,
1: okay. So yeah. once upon a time, it was Jackson Hole, I guess. But they changed I it. guess. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into this overconfidence. Otherwise, we'll just keep talking about the, this beautiful country <laughs> of ours.
0: It, it is a beautiful a overconfident country. Overconfident about have. what we know about
1: Wyoming. That's true. That's very true. All right. So basically, Mike, you know, there's ways that we do this to ourselves. We kind of, you know, walk ourselves, talk ourselves into whatever. uh, And we'll start with the biggie. It's overconfidence in the stock market uh, and or and or that you can manage your own portfolio yourself, especially. And it's kind of easy to get that way after the last almost 11 years or 11 years, because you know, for for the most part, aside from some hiccups, the market has pretty much gone up for the last 11 years. And it kind of leads us down this path of, well, hey, I can do this. This is not a problem, right? Mm, and so we get yeah. overconfident.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you really can. And, and, you know, you see sometimes that folks will want to up the ante, increase their risk or their exposure to particularly individual things like, you know, the GameStop stuff and what Robinhood is pushing out there. Robinhood is a uh, brokerage type thing that uh, allows small investment amounts. So it gets a lot of investors or, or people I should say in that want to be investors and they'll, they'll do all kind of things there. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but that's how it is. You know, there's the, uh, the overconfidence comes from where something works until it doesn't. And uh, then, then you find out, Hey, you know, I was misplacing my confidence there, but yeah, it makes me think of um, poker people uh, talk about these uh, professional poker players and all. And I, I guess maybe this doesn't happen with the professionals because they all know the games and the tricks. But if you get somebody that really knows what they're doing in playing that game, they can play with someone that might be a little bit uh, more of a novice than they are mm-hmm. or something like that. And, right. And let them win, you know, fold a good hand so that the other player will win. Oh, yeah. They sandbag uh, do, you. Yeah. Yeah. Do a few times. Yeah. and That's right. You know, and draw them in, make them start making. Crazier and crazier bets and decisions about how they're going to play until they finally are at the point where they just lower the boom and clean up, take all their money. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that that kind of stuff happens in the stock market all the time because people think, oh man, yeah, I bought Apple or I bought Facebook or I did this or that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it has Facebook, you know, it goes down and, and the market price drops dramatically. And of course, then what happens is you get overconfident in another way that you know that this is not going to recover and it's down. I need to get out before I lose everything I've got. And then you do that. And of course, then they get Facebook back online and the stock price rebounds. And then you, you know, you sold low and, and all that kind of good yeah. stuff. You, you know, the routine that you can fall into there.
1: Yeah. I kind of, I I use it with a golf analogy because a lot of retirees, you know, like mm. pre-retirees like to play golf and, yeah. and you think about it this way, you're out at your, your local course and, you know, even if you're playing a regular 18 holes and it's got a, you know, There's a couple of par threes, uh, a couple Mm -hmm. of par three holes on, on, on a course typically. And, you know, so you got a shot at reaching it, you know, with with your first shot, right? You can drop Uh it on the green and, you know, you might get lucky there. I know a few people who've gotten lucky and and nailed a hole in one before, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And in in a way, I mean, it's super exciting, but it's also could be one of the worst things to happen to your golf game because (laughs) you got, you're like, yeah, I got this figured out. I got this. I got this now. I know how to, I know how to play better. And so if you get kind of a hole in one in the stock market, like you hit it big with some sort of investment, you kind of get this all sense of security that hey I've got this kind of figured out, you know, or even just a DIYers like I said, you know, it's easy to make mm-hmm. money in the market in the last 10 years when it's been going up. It's what do right. you do when there's a prolonged downturn, not a short one, but a prolonged mm-hmm. downturn that becomes the issue. So, that's one right. place we can do overconfidence. Let's yeah, do a second yeah. one. What about this dollar thing? Mike, when people have this overconfidence in the I need X number to be where I need to be. So typically, right. It's the million bucks. Well, once I get to the million, Mm. I can then retire. So that's overconfidence Mm. in a arbitrary amount.
0: Yeah. um, And, and, you know, that can make you feel like you're something that maybe you really aren't because it might be that that number is a mistaken number, so to speak, you know, it's really is not enough or. Maybe it's something that's way too much. It's more than what you really need when you consider all your d- different resources from income streams you may have from social security. If you happen to be one of these people that has a pension, that sort of stuff. And, and now you're striving for something that really is overkill and you could be doing something different. You know, All, all kinds of things that might give you co- the confidence to do something that may not be necessary or might not be anywhere near what you need to have. The, the, you know, the real thing is not looking at you know, when I get to a number, I've got it whacked. It's like taking time to build a plan to determine really what is it that I do need to have in terms of income and resources? What does it take to provide that? And, you know, then then you kind of know what you're aiming at, but it's not like it's all over because then there's this little boogaboo called inflation that you need to take into consideration. So you, you got to plan for all that kind of stuff. So it's not just a number that somebody's thrown out one time. I mean, we're gonna. I think we're gonna talk about other things like rules of thumb and all, and the four percent distribution rule, and that may or may not uh, be uh, something that makes sense in in terms of overcoming inflation. But uh, yeah, all kind of things that uh, can make you feel like, oh, I just got to hit this number, and then I got it whacked.
1: Right, and. And what it does, Mike, is it leads to overconfidence to my next one. Let's say uh, a rule of thumb, for example, the 4% rule, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll go back to that million dollars. Well, I need a million dollars before I can retire. And then the 4% rule says, well, I can take 4% of that million dollars each year and I'll be groovy, you know, all through my retirement. Well, no, I mean, the 4% rule has, you know, it used to be a thing, but it's not really working anymore. And there's lots of reasons why. So you got to be careful of those rules of thumb.
0: Yeah. The, the 4% rule says you know you can take 4% also on a million dollars, that's $40,000 a year. Will that meet your need? Maybe in conjunction with Social Security, if they don't reduce Social Security benefits in 2033, which is when they say the trust funds will be out of money and they'll just be funding with current payroll taxes. Who knows? But yeah, there's, there's uh, some adjustments that have been made to that 4% rule because of low interest rates. And so people can't depend on putting money in CDs and drawing off of their interest or putting money in bonds and drawing their interest and and that sort of thing. They got to have some other, I mean, you really, you've always needed to have some uh, things that offset the ravages of inflation and that would be stocks, equities. And uh, so the 4% rule may or may not uh, fit for you. I was just talking with some folks yesterday when, uh, you know, made the comment, the, the lady made the comment that when she was single and, um, she said, "I don't know how I made it on the, the amount of money I, I was making. It was it was so such a small amount. But you know, when you think about it, we tend to do what we need to do when we're in tough straits and that sort of thing. It might be difficult, but some somehow a lot of times it just works out. And um, you know, placing your confidence in hitting a number and being able to take a certain percentage off your assets, it may change for you down the road." Uh, because of circumstances in the economy and uh, governmental actions or inactions and, and that sort of thing. So it's it's not a good idea just to figure, I, I, you know, just like I can set this and forget it, that social security will be there and be just fine, or I can take 4%. You know, the, the latest is that you should take your age divided by 20, and that'll tell you the percentage that you should take. And that makes some sense because the older you get, The more you can take out of the account, and if you can start slow and and take less, like when you're 60, you divide by 20, that's 3%. 70 is 3.5%. You get the idea. Um, so maybe that's a better better way to look at it, but that's, that True. again is a rule of thumb. Right. So it may right. or may not work for you just depending on what's going on. You got to be able, uh, you don't make a plan and it's static. You never revisit it. You got to keep on top of these kind of things. Yeah. And I don't mean that you got to worry about it and wring your hands and all that kind of stuff, but just periodically <laughs> review and make sure what you're doing makes sense still.
1: Well, the thing about rules of thumb, Mike, is they're nice little quick guidelines if you mm-hmm. were trying to do a, a just a general fast reference, right? Yeah. But yeah. you don't want to make... You don't want to hang your hat on that whole thing um, because Mm -hmm. every situation is going to be a bit different, you know, whether it's the rule of 100 or the rule of 72 or whatever, right? Right. They're just general quick guidelines. Rule of 100. Oh, yeah. You know, I, if I'm 60, so I should have 60% safe. Okay. That's just a quick, fast guideline. But then you got to really dive into your portfolio and say, you know what? I, ca- I can't handle like so at least 40% to be at risk, right? Well, I, I can't personally yeah. handle 40% to be at risk, Yeah. That, right? Exactly. So therefore, you right. tweak it. So you don't just, it's not a hard and fast thing. It's just a mm-hmm. quick rule. It's kind of like a, you know, a starting point. It's a starting point. Itself. Thank you. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. So number four and five, Mike, I'm going to kind of tie these together because we have these five things that can lead because I think they work hand in hand. So overconfidence in our own understanding about a particular product. Right. And or our own decision making. Right. Because I think most of us would say, well, I'm a logical person. I make pretty yeah. sound decisions. I've done pretty decent in life, right? We, most most of us feel that way. And uh-huh. you go, so I, I understand insurance. Let's say life insurance. Or I, I understand, um, you know, what this guy is telling me about this annuity or, or whatever. And so, therefore, we kind of can get into a situation where, you know, that overconfidence in our own self and not taking the time to really ask the questions, follow up, do a little extra research and make sure it's the mm-hmm. right product for you or that you're making the right decision. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it does. And, and some of that is, um, I think, may, may come from a fear of getting shot down and maybe being found out to be lacking or something like that. Well, yeah, we hate looking like we
1: don't know something, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And, I mean, that's um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have people come in sometimes and say, you know, something about some deal or whatever. And um, I realize that they have heard something out from a friend or on the street, a newscast or whatever, supposed news. <laughs> and um, th- th- that it, they've either misheard it or it was just incorrect information. And that they've been kind of basing some ways that they're moving on some things on that misinformation. And, you know, with corrected information, it can change the whole view of what you're going to do. Um, right. The, um, the you know, I, 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 know years ago, back in the uh, mid eighties, I guess uh, before the tax law under Reagan came out and mm-hmm. it changed the way say real estate was taxed and we went to these passive, uh, loss rules and everything. Um, I was talking with a, a real estate syndicator and, uh, he wanted me to invest in a, uh, piece of land in Charlotte, North Carolina, that was in a quarter that was developing out at the time. And so, uh, I did. And, um, he said, one of the things he made a comment on is, you know, raw land, the price never goes down. I mean, you, they're not making any more land rule of thumb there. Right. Right. Um, information about how a uh, quote, a product works. And, um, so I bought it. Uh, I, and when I say I bought it, I believe what he said and I put my money there. And, uh, he said, you know, we'll be in and out of this thing in four or five years and we'll hold on, be the last one to go. And, and so we'll get top dollar for our land. And, uh, about 15 years later, we finally found someone to buy it, <laughs> and about for what we put in it. <laughs> uh, and, and and you know, in the meantime, we had you know some crash in values and real estate and all that kind of stuff. So everything I thought I understood and what he had told me uh, I should believe about it was not correct. And um, so my knowledge was, um, I, you know, I was overconfident in what I heard and what I believed and what I understood about it at the time. And uh, it, it cost me some uh, opportunities lost uh, for having that money tied up and not being able to make it grow or do anything.
1: Well, you know, and at the end of the day, Mike, that's, there's nothing wrong with what you don't know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because it's not your forte. So if you are getting into something, you know, you're, you're thinking about getting into a particular investment or something like that. This is not what you do every day. So don't yeah. beat yourself up for it, right? We talk about that oh, all absolutely. the time. And Turn the to is, you know, Go ahead.
0: you know, you know what you do know. Exactly. You know what you don't know. It's when you don't know what you don't know that you have a problem.
1: Yeah. And, then <laughs> and that's you,
0: where you need to be sure you're passing this by someone that can give you some help.
1: Yeah. I mean, even sometimes people come and sit down with an advisor for the first time and they have that initial consultation or whatever. You know, sometimes it's kind of like, well, I don't want to seem like I don't know very much because this person might take Mm -hmm. advantage of me. Right. We're always kind of on guard. Uh, And so that's why you do some basic diligence, do some basic research, sit down. And that's why you interview and talk with a couple of advisors if you Mm -hmm. haven't worked with one before so that you can try to find the one that has that right fit for you, that has the right feel for you. Uh, and at the end of the day, you can trust your gut. It's a pretty powerful tool that we have when it comes to it. Just don't get overconfident in that gut. Right. And that's our podcast this week. Just be careful of overconfidence. As we all know, uh, it can lead to trouble. And as the saying goes, pride comes before the fall. So if you got questions, need some help, turn to a professional who's been doing this for 40 plus years. And I didn't mean to make that sound so dramatic, Mike. Just more (laughs) more along the lines of you got a lot of experience. Is what I meant. An old guy. Yeah, (laughs) I did not mean it that way, my friend. Uh, but anyway, definitely reach out to Mike because he's got a lot of experience, a great resource for us right here in the Carolinas. Reach out to him if you've got questions. You need some help, subscribe to the podcast so you can catch new episodes and all that good stuff. Certainly appreciate it and help us out as well. And you can find all of that at SPCinvesting.com. That's SPCinvesting.com. Of course, you can find the podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify or wherever you like to listen to content from. Just type in strategic planning in one of those apps and find it that way. Or again, find it all at Mike's website, spcinvest. Dot com. Mike, my friend, have a great week. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, okay?
0: Sounds great. Thank you,
1: Mark. Appreciate hanging out with us folks here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders, financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation. We'll see you next time.